Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to the Family Sanctuary, focusing on life-giving relationships and the family. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, chairman of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. And today, I, I think you will really love our program. We're focusing on teen fatherhood and the transformation in the life of one teen father who now God has just used in phenomenal ways, not only in his own family, but uh, in in the Diocese of Columbus here in the state of Ohio and around the world to help young men understand uh, the purpose of their manhood, the the vision, God's vision of their sexuality. Um, it's a beautiful story of, of hope. And then uh, one important part of the story I think you'll also be very interested in is when when there's been something in your past as a parent that you know God has transformed, but it's not something you're particularly proud of. How do you tell your children? How does this affect them? And uh, I think it's something that we need to really think through as parents today, and you'll really love this story of hope and healing. So I want to introduce uh, our guest, who is David Mahan. Welcome, David. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. It's a great to have you here as my guest. And um, David is married to Elise. You've mm-hmm. been married for almost 26 years, right? Thank the Lord. Yes. And you have four <laughs> children. And um, now you are a national speaker and youth development consultant. You do speak all over the world, all over the country, and consult with groups that are that are focusing on youth development, positive yes. Christian youth development, God's plan, and particularly God's plan for our sexuality. And here in Columbus, you're also the director of prevention services for PDHC. That's correct. Pregnancy Decision Health Centers. And in that program, which is called Common Sense Culture, you teach and you have a whole group of teachers. How many teachers do you have with it? Uh, four, including myself. And then full time. Uh, and then mm-hmm. we have a coordinator. Yeah. So you're you're speaking in schools throughout the school year. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. We're and, reaching about 10,000 students across 60 different schools in Fairfield and Franklin County. Um, amazing. It's an amazing opportunity. And, <laughs> and, and not just in Christian schools, but um, in, in predominantly, you know, public schools. That's wonderful. So it's an, it's an awesome opportunity. We have about 93% approval rating from the students that take our class. So it's not something they're forced to do. Uh, but they'll come back. They'll come back and even sit on the floor and, and listen again when they hear that we're in the school. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and part of it is the the real love of the Lord that shines through you, whether it's a Christian school or not. Thank you. Uh, just having you here in the studio, the smile on your face, the sparkle in your eyes, and <laughs> and I know that's true of your team as well. Oh yeah. All people that God has transformed and given you beautiful stories. And so many people need that message of hope, particularly our young people today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah they're facing so much. They, they just need some hope and healing and, um, and just know that there is, uh, there is a clear path to the goals that they all have. Right. Yeah. Right. And in fact, the curriculum, 
curriculum that you teach relationships under construction. We've had Catherine Wood on our show. So if if anyone uh, is interested in that particular curriculum, Catherine, you'll find programs there in our archives on St. Gabriel Radio.com. But uh, David, I want you to just start by telling your personal story. And this story started uh, about 25 years ago. It it did. We, um, well, you're older than 25, but let me say, <laughs> this part of the story we want to share started 25 years ago. 43. Okay. Uh, but, um, yeah, my, my wife and I met in, in high school, and so mm-hmm. we both attended Northland High School, and um, and, and both had Christian upbringings, um, and did really well and you know, most of our high school career. And, um, you know, we, we started dating. I was a junior. She was a senior. I like to tell people she had me by 11 months, and she still does. <laughs> And uh, so, <laughs> took her eleven months. Yeah. <laughs> well, she um, she ended up going to uh, the Ohio State University, and um, you know, it, in terms of character, you know, no drugs, no alcohol, homecoming king, scholar athlete. Wow! Um, you know, voted most popular in the school, and and that's and great. didn't have to do all of those things to be cool and popular. And that's one of the things that we are communicating in the school as well. But where did it go wrong? And, you know, we kind of had, you know, some priorities and, and boundaries in place, uh, you know, in the beginning that fell uh, kind of apart towards the end. And and one of the things I, I talk to parents about is that the two things that scare me the most about kids um, is, number one, when they enter into a crisis, you know, a divorce or a death in the family. And number two, when they think they fall in love. Because primarily, even those of us in the church do not have a proper definition of the word. And so typically, things that we know to be true on a regular basis, we will tend to you know, allow our priorities to go to the side or drop our boundaries because we think we're in love. And because we don't now need, it's love. Yeah, we don't need boundaries with things we love. And, and uh, you know, it's funny that I'll tell the kids, I'm like, hey, you know, you guys know I hate chillings. I can't stand chillings, you know, pig intestines for those of y'all that don't know what chilling is. And uh, <laughs> I don't need boundaries. If every kid in the room had a bowl of chillings, I wouldn't need a whole lot of boundaries with it. But come in here with some Krispy Kreme donuts. Then I'm gonna need a different level of, of boundaries because that's something I love, and mm-hmm. and so we try to share that with the kids. Is just because you think you might love somebody, it's not an excuse to drop those priorities and boundaries. And so um, we did. Eventually, she um, we become sexually active and um, had a decision to make. Um, and and uh, you know, even though I thought one way, you know, when you're in crisis, you think, man, you know, you got abortion, parenting, um, and uh, an adoption. And you're just in crisis and you think, and she said, I would never be able to have an abortion. Well, in my mind, I'm thinking that that was an option. And I'm um, 18 years old. And You were uh, thinking that could be an option. That could be an option. Uh, and yeah. in, in this day and age, and 25 years ago as well, it's it's presented as well, a very viable option. Well, especially more now. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and she was like, you know, I can never do that because I can never kill the baby or anything. And. And and then, but then we become suicidal. Both of us become suicidal, which would have had the same result. But that's that's crisis. That's mm-hmm. what it does to you. And so mm-hmm. we like to rationalize these things in, in venues like this and in, in, in churches and things. But, you know, when, when a kid is going through crisis and they don't have a proper foundation, 
uh, to base these decisions upon, you know, you never know what they're going to do. And so it's, it's just and really it was part of the crisis. I can imagine because you had been a young man and sounds like uh, Elise was the same, a young woman who had done everything right. You were on a, a success path, both of you. Relatively speaking. Yeah. And so your parents would never have expected this. Yeah, right. No. So part of the part of the trauma you were going through was because you were disappointing your parents, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah I thought they were going to kill us. Yeah. And, and and yourselves. And mm-hmm. could she achieve her goals? She was in college. Could you achieve your goals? <clears throat> it does lead to a desperation. Oh, and you sure. say both of you felt suicidal. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She she had just, uh, you know, she worked hard and uh, not a wealthy family, a beautiful family, but not a wealthy family. And she knew if she was going to go to college, mm-hmm. she was going to have to get that full ride. And, and she did. She worked hard. She made it. And then now this. And, and in fact, actually, David, I'm not sure that our, our listeners know there is research that shows that most people, when they're faced with those three alternatives, right. uh, abortion, continuing the pregnancy and adoption Mm -hmm. think of abortion as the best alternative of the three because this is the end of my life as i know it and i'd be saving myself oh yeah yeah i've 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 had (laughs) christian kids and uh you know tell me that even though they don't think it's the best choice it is the easiest choice right and um you know and honestly just on that point you know my job is not to go in there and try to make them pro-life or pro-choice in the public system my job is to get these kids 14, 15, and 16, and not to have to make any one of those three choices. It's prevention. Right. Yes. It's prevention. And and so that's um, one of the things. But anyway, she um, she ended up having to drop out of school. We both became suicidal. And one of the things I asked the kids is, who caused that? There were some other tragedies in her life. But the one who caused her to drop out of school, the one who caused her to be suicidal, was the one who, quote, made love to her. And if they have the wrong definition of love, uh, you know, that's the kind of outcomes that are produced you hurt versus love Mm -hmm. we had love the whole first year when there was no shame there was no guilt there was no one day late two days late three days late on my cycle it was just great times with great folks and to this day those are my best memories Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah it, it started out rocky for us for sure so you made the decision though this was her her strong feeling there's no way I can have an abortion. Thank her her faith came through. Thank mm-hmm. goodness, like you say. And so um did did you decide early on then to get married? We did. Um the, the, she always teases me. We just spoke together last weekend and she I gave her a ring on Christmas Eve and she gave it uh she gave it back to me on New Year's Eve. <laughs> And um, did she want a bigger one? Oh, my goodness. It was actually my grandmother's. But um, but yeah, uh, her family, she had a beautiful grandmother that basically, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. And if we're going to get married, we're going to get married for the right reasons. And and she got closer to the Lord. And during that time, I got closer to the Lord. And, and thankfully, the Lord gave her back to me. And uh, and so, so April seventeenth will be our twenty fifth year in marriage together. Oh, congratulations! Mm-hmm. That's great. So God, through a series of all ups and downs, it sounds like right. uh, you 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 did get married. Uh, your your oldest daughter is now almost twenty five, or is twenty five. Yeah, but you know, even before that, she um, and this is kind of how we came to PDHC, how we came to know them, and. Um, we had already determined after all of this craziness that we were going to keep our child and uh, who's Jessica. And um, 
And so we had help from PDHC and things like that. But we did go to Planned Parenthood initially <laughs> to get help on how to plan our parenthood and found Thinking out that, that that's not really what do they that. do. <laughs> Uh-huh. They literally laughed at us and they're looking at her as a college student and me as a new college student. And they, they literally laughed at us saying, you know, surely you wouldn't have gotten to this point in your life and just throw it all away because of this. Isn't that terrible? Right. Not not because of her. But it was, you know, it's because of this. And uh, and thankfully, um, you know, it was it was some time afterwards, but she found her way back to PDHC. Because even this morning we were talking about it, the love and the caring and the kindness that she experienced from those women that that many of which were of a different race, many of which, you know, went to different church and um, but just loved on her and and um, and loved on me. Uh, And years later, I was I was helping with some of the little projects around the campus office. And then when. They got money to go teach abstinence. My wife said, my husband's good with the knuckleheads in the detention center. Maybe he can help in the inner cities. And, <laughs> and so uh, and so Catherine Wood gave me a call, and, and, uh, and I started on, on staff with them for three years, then left Wonderful. and, and, and uh, built the national ministry, and then uh, came back to, to build up their abstinence program again. That's wonderful. So, so now you devote full time. To as I introduce you, the national speaker and youth development consultant. Yes. So you're working not just at the local level, but nationally as well. Yes, trying to bring this message of 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 God's plan for our sexuality, of uh, responsible fatherhood, of what real love is. It's for sure. It, it's beautiful how God has allowed you to do this. Our guest today is David Mahan, and if you'd like to contact him and get more information about what he does or um, if, if you need a speaker or, or uh, help on, on a youth development program, David is, is the guy, that's for sure. It's David Mahan, M-A-H-A-N dot com. So, David, so let's continue with what are you now learning and, and being able to share with the young people? I think as you and I talked uh, a little bit ahead of time. Right. You said one of the big messages is everybody is not doing it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, one of the things that we have to clear up in the beginning, especially when we go to our churches, oh, it's awesome that the government allows you to go in there and preach abstinence to the kids. I'm like, listen, y'all got, you're going to get us locked up. But that's, we're not preaching anything. <laughs> we don't preach. <laughs> we're that's we're right. in there you're, talking optimal health outcomes. Funding. There you right. go. Yeah, we're, we're primarily funded by the government, and we're in there talking about optimal health outcomes. And, and um, sexual risk reduction. I yeah, understand that. Sexual risk avoidance. Avoidance. Yeah. SRA is yeah. the new technical term. For sure. So the programs in the public schools are definitely focused on sexual health. And For sure. I think it's an, a, a wonderful, again, affirmation. Our, our teaching in the Catholic faith is that science and revelation do not contradict oh, each other. No. So God's plan for our sexuality of having one lifetime sexual partner yeah. and that beautiful uh, intimate act resulting in families, resulting in children, that is his plan. And it doesn't contradict science. It, it does. Not and, and one thing that we tell kids in our Catholic schools is that if, if you have a young person who's really sick and he's vomiting all over the doctor's office, the doctor's not going to come in here and say, oh, my goodness, young man, what did you pray before you got here? Oh, my goodness, what, what scriptures did you read that caused this? <laughs> he's going to say, boy, what did you eat? And sometimes it's biology. Yes. And yeah. sometimes when you're looking at the teen pregnancy and the STIs and the date rape and all the other issues that we deal with in the schools. Uh, dating violence, human trafficking. Um, the average age of a human trafficking victim is, is 12 to 14, and it's mm. all about relationships 
and and how easily they are manipulated into these uh, relationships. false relationships is why we even have that issue with the young people. But, you know, what, what we tell them is sometimes we have the same issues in the church as we have outside the church because sometimes we have the same diet of pop culture. And so one of the reasons why our program is called uh, Common Sense Culture is because we do talk about health and optimal health outcomes, but all wrapped up in the insanity of pop culture. And so the first day of the program is really just a comedy show where we really just poke holes in the things they, they feel they felt they knew uh, before we got there and the things they thought made perfect sense culturally that actually just don't when you turn them upside down. But uh, And then the second day we, we go into some of the history of why is this even an issue, you know, the... You know, right now we've got more kids wearing uh, condoms than ever before, but we have more kids sexually, you know, contracting sexually transmitted diseases than ever before in history. So by far. what's wrong with this picture? So, so statistically, they should be the healthiest group, but they're the most diseased group when it comes to uh, sexually transmitted infections, uh, getting infected on average at 9,000 young people per day, mm. uh, 20 million infections per year in the country right now, and uh, 240,000 teen moms, one in four sexually active kids is diseased, infected right now. Um, and we've got 25 plus major diseases that we're dealing with, you know, new strain of gonorrhea, new strain of HIV. Um, this this portion is, is not getting better. But the good news, Peggy, and this is one of the things we share with the young people, too, is that even though everybody says everyone is doing it, that's not true. Um, the last report, um, CDC's um, Youth Risk Surveillance Survey, and they do it every three years, the 2017 report uh, showed that we are on a 10-year trend of fewer and fewer kids being sexually active, that we have now 60% of kids in America choosing abstinence wonderful, uh, and to abstain from risky behaviors for good reason, because mm-hmm. they're getting great education out there. Valerie Huber's doing a great job. Um, you know, the relationships under construction, all the, you know, my curriculum friends out there just doing a great job with their statewide coalitions and getting the truth out there to these kids. About and Valerie Huber is a local leader Absolutely. who now is working for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Absolutely. Services. She's doing an amazing job up there in D.C. So, yes, it's it's amazing, actually, what has been birthed here in the city of Columbus. Uh, part of it all. And, and, and the heart of Ohio <laughs> in this state that is now having an impact all over the country. Uh, and and so and you're part of that, David. Yeah. You're definitely Blessed a part of that. Part of it sure. It's wonderful to see what God has done. Um, so, how do the kids respond then to these programs? And and I bet the parents are appreciative Listen, of it as well. You'd have to see it. I, you'd have to see it to believe it. Um, <laughs> kids will come out of lunch wanting to come and talk to hear what's been going on. Kids who would normally take health online will take it. Uh, in in school in just because they know we're coming. Wonderful. You know, 60 different schools, 10,000 kids, and, and the kids um, on surveys, 93-plus percent said that uh, they would recommend this to their peers. It's just an amazing thing what's happening. It's not just the right message. It's the best message, and it's it's the, the message that the kids are wanting and the teachers are wanting and the parents are wanting. Wonderful. And not only is it the right message and the good message, God has chosen the right messengers. Right. <laughs> you definitely uh, are, are a wonderful messenger, David. Thank you. And, and I know the team that you've chosen are wonderful messengers, oh, too. They're amazing. Yeah. So we are very fortunate that the state of Ohio is one of actually only a few states that has continued to fund uh, sexual risk avoidance education right. in a big way. We need to be thankful to our to our 
state government here for in Ohio sure. for that and be hoping and praying that uh, other states and um, other municipalities will see the value of programs like this. For I mean, sure. the evidence is there. For sure. It's amazing, yeah. the statistics. I mean, again, that statistic I quoted is not focused on the family. That's... Uh that's Centers for Disease Center. Control. So 60% of 60 young people are yeah. getting this message and saving themselves. Trend. Right. Yeah. Um, and and the, the beauty of that is not just the numbers, but you know each each young person who makes the right decision oh, yeah. like that. This is a life saved, yeah. and it's a life saved uh, that's going to impact future generations. Yes, yes. fathers, mothers, you know, Absolutely. And a teen mom, whole families. Her daughter is three to five percent more likely to be a teen mom as well because she's the number one influencer. So, uh, if a mom has been a teen mom, the daughter is three to three five, to five times more likely to do to that. Follow the trend. So, I love this message that one choice for life really does impact generations. Oh my goodness! And your story is a perfect example of that yeah, Elise, she's now she was on the hotline for pregnancy decision health center now she's the director of, her, of a crisis pregnancy center on parsons avenue herself so yeah she's doing her thing on her end intervention and I'm doing prevention. so your wife is now working full-time in yes. a crisis in pregnancy yes. uh, and your daughter your daughter jessica who was the little baby that uh, 4.3 graduate from pig central she graduated neuroscience uh you know uh, neuroscience oh my yeah, goodness her sister uh I just graduated, 22-year-old uh, MBA. Uh, my son, her brother, um, all grew up in the hood. He's uh, 4.6 from Pick Central and engineering student at Ohio State. And my baby girl just turned 17 but started a mentoring program at 14 because she thought the Lord wanted her to help little girls. Mm. I think Wonderful. I think he's been faithful. He has certainly been faithful. <laughs> oh, my and you and your wife have been faithful. You have to say yes first and then God really yes, works through you in a dramatic way. So that is Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about we know that a lot of of people listening uh who are also parents um there are mistakes, there are sins in their life. Mm-hmm. You obviously tell your story publicly. Yes. Um, I think part of the message that that I love about your story is is how God redeems that, and you have found a way apparently to um, y- your kids have not made the same mistakes, right. correct? Yeah. Uh, and yet, some parents think if I tell my children about the mistakes I've made yeah. or the sins of my past, uh, that's going to destroy <laughs> our the respect for me, or maybe they'll go ahead and then they'll think it's okay to do that too. Yeah. So, so. I find that to be the number one reason uh, why many don't speak these things to their kids, whether it's drugs, alcohol, whatever. And sometimes I'll have in a classroom a kid say, well, Dave, aren't you being a hypocrite because you didn't wait when you were younger. Now you're coming in here telling us to do it. And that's that's the thing that every parent is afraid to hear. Right. Well, I start grinning from ear to ear when I hear that, because I'll say, what's your name? And they'll say, you know, his name. And I'll say, well, you know, Sean was an avid bear hunter when he was younger and he would go out behind the school and he would hunt bear. And one day he came with two, two, two trees and there was a pile of leaves in between the two trees. Didn't know what it was. He walked through it and boom, a bear trap hits his leg. He's screaming. He goes to the ambulance. They pick him up, goes to the hospital and he lives. He's fine. But now Sean is 30 years old and he's got Sean Jr. behind him. And Sean sees the leaves and he says, you know what? I know what that is. That's that bear trap. So he steps over it, looks back at Sean Jr. like, ah, oh, should I tell him? No, nah, I want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> right. And then and, and you guys hear about it on social media. You know, how many is going to encourage Sean for not being a hypocrite? No, you're like, why didn't you tell him? Like how better, you know, who better to help somebody avoid a trap than somebody who's been in one and escaped? We don't call that love where I'm from. We call we, we call that love where I'm from, not hypocrisy. And so I try love to, is sh- to help 
yes. to to help someone so they don't make the same mistake. Yes, pain, you know, is mentorship is is uh, wisdom without pain, and 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 I try to express that to the parents that they need the wisdom of your mistakes. And uh, for our family, it was actually uh, usually around 12 years old as we end up sharing it. But the first time was an accident. Uh, I, I have three rules in my home, and that's number one, you don't disrespect your mother. Number two, you don't disrespect your mother. Number three, you bet not disrespect your mother. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on the road. I come back, and Jessica had acted, acted a fool. And so I came home, and, and she's waiting in a room to talk to Daddy about what she did to Mommy. And uh, she's upset. And, and, uh, and I said, you know what? And I just began to weep. And I said, if you didn't know what your mother has gone through for you to be here, what she sacrificed, the price that was paid for you to even be in this beautiful little room talking to a father right now, we, you would have never done that to your mother. And she wept and I wept and I began to tell her the story of how she came into this world. Bottom drawer of a dresser with a pillow and some blankets, couldn't afford a crib. Um, the street the street light was her little um her little night lighting because we couldn't afford any of that. And, uh, and we sacrificed all these other things for her. And I'm telling you, that was the last time we ever had to give that kind of talk to her again. She's hmm. 25 years old this fall. So she saw what really, she, what they, love was, yeah, what so love is right around 12 years old. We share that story, um, with all of our children. And, um, even though most people said, Oh, they're going to do it. Don't tell they're going to make mistakes when they get to high school, when they get to college, when they get, mm yeah, we trust in the Lord, and uh, and He's taking care of us all. That's beautiful. He has, and He will. <laughs> I can't wait to see as your children get married and have children, <laughs> the, how that the beauty of that story and and the family history, right. you know, will be passed down from generation to generation. We see that a lot at Heartbeat International. Sometimes we bring moms and babies awesome. to Congress. Right. To, to, we call it Babies Go to Congress right. to tell their representatives Very these weird. stories. And, you know, to see the beauty from generation to generation. Uh, and I've seen children of parents who made a decision like yours right. actually tell their representative or congressman, you know, I, I would never have an abortion. Right. You know, my brother wouldn't be here right. if my mom had had an abortion. Right. You know, so <laughs> once it happens in the family, they they know it and they see the beauty right. of it. So you're impacting generation after generation. I can only hope. I wonder how many beautiful grandchildren you'll have, David. I don't know. They better <clears throat> hurry up. <laughs> Get married first, right? <laughs> we may have done too good a job, but I don't know. <laughs> well, David, thank you so much for being with us today. We've thank been you. talking to David Mahan, who's a national speaker and youth development consultant, uh, very active here in the city of Columbus as well, davidmahan.com, if you want more information. You're listening to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio with archives at stgabrielradio.com, and it's streaming live on stgabrielradio.com. Our program, The Family Sanctuary, is broadcast at 4 o'clock every Saturday and 2 o'clock on Sundays. So join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com.